Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Dulcimer Geek Podcast. Highly special. <laughs> Very special. I'm Dan Landrum and with me is Aaron O'Rourke. Today we're sitting in the studio and wearing headphones so that we can do something kind and of And clothes. And clothes. Yeah. It's important because yeah. this yeah. is kind of radio. Yeah. Uh, here's what we're about to do, guys and girls. We have a gig coming up in December and the producer of the gig who I haven't asked his permission to use his name, so I'm not going to, <clears throat> has asked us to put together three to four minutes of something ethereal for dancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this is part of a, a a bigger program. So without going into all that, I wrote him this morning and said, hey, Aaron's on his way over, and we're going to record that piece for you. He needs it ahead of time so that the dancers can practice with it. Yeah. So we have our instruments here. Play something to show that this is true. And mine is here. It's all there. I have a little bit of effects on mine right now. Okay. And this show is going to be about using effects, by the way, because... There's a little bit on mine, too, right? Or no? Play. Shouldn't be. No, it's dry. I mean, I don't hear any reverb or delay, no, it's, but tonally something sounds kind of funny. It may just be the way I have it all wired in because oh, okay. you're hearing it back twice. Probably. Okay. So before we get, since this is going to kind of be about this electronic stuff, okay, and we're going to craft this song right here. Okay. Right here and now. We are, I don't really like saying killing two birds with one stone because I like birds. Yeah. Is there a better way of saying that? Um. Have you think, ever... of, think of a creature you don't like and replace uh, Killing bird. two mosquitoes with one swat. Oh, that's, yeah, that works out. I'm all right with that. Yeah. So I have a, a pedal below my dulcimer right now, and I'm going to turn everything off on that. You hear the clicky sound maybe uh-huh. in the background. So there's this. I was using a one hard and one soft hammer. So what you're hearing right there is just the pickup on my hammer dulcimer. There's no microphone on it. I usually like to have a mic on, but for the sake of what we're doing today, I don't have it on there. Yeah. Now, I got this new pedal that uh, you're going to borrow and try, cool. too, at some point. Here. Yeah. It's a, it's called a Transit A Acoustic Preamp and, and Effects Pedal made by Trace Acoustic, which is good stuff. It's not cheap, but it's good stuff. Uh if you've seen me on stage or Aaron on stage or just about anybody, you've probably seen a Barkus Barry. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> Always do that. An LR Bags preamp of some kind. Mm-hmm. Lots of acoustic musicians use them. And it's what allows to get <clears throat> the pickup sound converted to a signal that feeds into an amplification system, into a house system. They also generally have equalization on them because there will be parts of the when you're using a pickup it's not the same thing as a mic yeah but sometimes you need it mm-hmm. you kind of need a combination of both to make them sound good right and so this is a thing to get it in to get it into the system to get the pickup into the system and make it sound as good as you can which is still a compromise mm-hmm. you will you agree with that yeah always a compromise yeah i mean it is a small miracle that it sounds anything remotely like a dulcimer by the time it comes out speakers and it is just i mean yeah yeah but we know it we know if you just used a mic it would be better except you'd have a lot of feedback and it's a lot harder for the sound Mm -hmm. so uh anyway 
one of the problems that acoustic musicians have had for a while is most of the pedals, like when you see a guitar player on stage and he's making the guitar face and he's pushing a pedal up and down, you know, like it's really difficult to do, which it really isn't. What is guitar face? Well, they can't see me making it. You know, just to scrunch. Okay. Yeah, you just kind of scrunch it up and either that or you drink and do a lot of drugs over years and you just look that way. Okay. But I'm pretty clean cut looking. Like, <laughs> I'm playing guitar doing an imitation of my cat at the same time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, have, there haven't been any really good solutions that were pedal-based for acoustic musicians for a while that kind of combined everything. Okay. So, yeah. just in the last few months, several have come out. There have been a lot of acoustic musicians asking for it. So, this thing I have in front but of wait, me... Wait, by combined everything, you mean EQ, EQ. reverb... Delay. Yes. So yeah. the basic okay. effects that an acoustic musician wants. Let me tell you what acoustic musician doesn't generally want. Distortion. <laughs> generally, yeah. Rarely do you want distortion. Or real compression's really not all that important. Yeah. You know, cuz it's cuz it's compression. So, what we have here is reverb. So here's the thing just uh, I'm going to hold down my pedal so you can really hear the the effects. I'm using the leather side and I'm playing in E. Now I'm going to turn the reverb on. Now that's too much, but mm-hmm. for what we're going to do today, it's not. Yeah. And of course, I can adjust it up and down. I'm not going to play with that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to put a little bit of chorus on, which you would think for a hammered dulcimer, which is generally out of tune anyway, chorus might not be good. But it fills in the sound a little bit. So let me do the same thing I was doing. Reverbs. Turn the reverb off. Here's the chorus. Here's without. It's just a little bit of body. Yeah. Now, add it with the reverb. And then I'm going to turn both of those off, and there's delay. Now I can tap the tempo of that delay. One, two, three, four... I wanted a really slow delay I could tap in something slowly and play you might not think that's all that useful but it's very useful for stuff like this oh yeah you can do some slow things and actually play around oh all by yourself so I'm turning everything back on on mine and there's one other thing that's that's on this that is really unique for an acoustic musician, and it's a boost pedal. Oh, so yeah. if you're playing back up with somebody and you don't want to be too loud, you're back here. But all of a sudden you want to get louder, it adds 6 dB of volume. Now it's on. Now it's off. Nice. So it's all in one. And there's a bunch of stuff on the back where you can send out a dry signal, a wet signal. It has a uh, a DI built into it. Just very useful. And I'm not, I don't sell these. It sounds like I'm doing a sales job, but uh, that's it. Oh, and it's got a tuner built into it. And I can mute everything, which is really nice. Wait, how accurate is the tuner? It's been good. I've really? Looked, I've used it up against my uh, Peterson, which I hope the Peterson people aren't listening, but it's good. And look at what the tuner looks like. So if I press and hold oh, sorry. If I press and hold this so you guys can't see this but the tuner is easy to spot because oh, yeah. it uses all of the knobs 
with little lights. Oh, that's really cool. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a mute, which you want on stage. Yeah, very the ability to mute your instrument. So anyway, so that's that's what I'm doing. Aaron doesn't have any effects pedal hooked up, but nah. play a little bit, Aaron. Let them hear the dry signal. All right, now I'm going to start turning things on on Aaron. Uh, play a few different styles, and then we can experiment with what they sound like as I turn things right, on. So I'll do sort of a droney thing. Sure. Okay. Hold that for just a second. Let me mention what we're going for. Okay. I'm going to look at the note that I got from the producer. He said, this is, this is just before we started doing the podcast, three or four. Three minutes or four, if you're feeling it. This needs to sound like the dawn of the universe. <laughs> After a big bang, of course, this big explosion. It should sound like the world waking up, consciousness evolving, open spaces, mystery in E minor. Okay. All right. So that's our that's our job. Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. The world waking up. Yes. Um Sure. <laughs> okay, so I'm about to uh, turn on some stuff for Aaron. Uh, give me whatever you want to give me, some kind of a droney e, e. E minor. Yeah. Just hang on that. I'm going to put a delay on first. Let's see. Should I slow that delay down since we're going for more spacey? You can. This is really, this is really interesting. Uh, it sounds like the delay is starting in my right ear and ending in the left. It is. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Isn't that great? So delays, you can make them do that. If, oh, that's yeah, really cool. You can, you can tell them to. You can either. There's a way you can make a delay EQ so that it sounds like it's spinning around your head, which is really neat. Nice. And there's a classic thing that people are used to hearing delay. Uh, with kind of a rockabilly sound on a guitar, with, yeah. where it's a slapback delay, and it happens really quickly. But this is not that. This is more of a designer cool. kind of thing. Matter of fact, the delay we're using right now is called... Let's take a look at it. Uh, just called delay. I thought this was called designer delay. But let's do some stuff with it now. I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. So I'm slowing it down just by cranking some knobs up. So do it again. See what you get. That's an interesting one. One's got a dotted pattern on it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Now, so Aaron's hearing just that delay. Well, you guys are hearing just that delay, too, which is forcing him into a rhythm just a little bit. Yeah. Once we add some more stuff on this, that's probably going to get swirled up into something else and it won't be so pronounced. Cool. <clears throat> which is what we're going for. Uh, but I'll preach this again. If you don't use a delay, if you don't use a metronome, you ought to at least be trying to delay. And I think a delay is better than even a metronome for teaching you timing. Yeah. Because it just makes you lock into it. It's like it gives you an instant band and that band is you. Yeah. So you're talking about uh, just a general sense of rhythm, not specific parts, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you, when you practice with a delay, you can practice trying to get slightly ahead of it or be slightly behind it. 
mm-hmm. and see what that feels like as well. Whereas yeah. a metronome can be weird because you can actually lose a beat. Uh, it, the delay is always going to stay the same and echo what you've just done. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't get back with it, it'll end up being this big train wreck of notes. Yeah. But you have the ability to adjust your timing and and feel it clean up, which I yeah. think is what's why it's better than a metronome. Yeah. So. So instead of. Yeah, they're all lining up. Yeah. So if I did something like. Yeah. Now yeah, play it crazy. with. Now play it with it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, we can also, you can set how long it continues to echo or just can you make it just echo one time. It's all kinds of settings. All right. Play something. Keep going. I'm going to add something else. Yeah. <laughs> That's got some mystery. Isn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> so now Aaron is playing with a reverb that has a filter in it, basically. <clears throat> and notice you don't notice the delay as much anymore. No, no. But it's, it's still just, there. Yeah. So play, play one note and let's see what we hear. Oh, that's exciting. See, all that stuff is back there. So when when people listen to the podcast, do they are they able to listen to this in stereo if they have if they put some headphones sure. on? Yeah. Oh, people, go grab some headphones. <laughs> it's gonna be more fun. Feel that travel from one side of your head to the other. Isn't that neat? Yeah. So play with that for a minute. Just kind of okay. build on that. Ooh. Cool texture, yeah. 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 So I'm always torn between, you know, when I start playing with this stuff, it's fun. Then at some point, uh, Norman and Nancy Blake's album titled, Just Give Me Something I'm Used To. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear Norm going, just give me something I'm used to. You know, and I think, okay, could you do this kind of thing at festivals and hold people's attention? I don't know, but like I said, when we first when you first started putting effects on this, what we were getting set up, uh, first thing I said is I'm gonna put that on a yoga DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I so here's my opinion on this. I think you can, but if you take yourself too seriously, like kind of what you were just joking about, yeah, then it's not gonna be any good. 
if you take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make the best musical accompaniment to yoga ever. No. That's not what I mean. I okay. mean, maybe, maybe that would be a little weird too. But if That is a weird thing to say. It is a weird thing to say. <laughs> but, yeah. Somebody's, Seifert's not here today. Somebody's got to say weird <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, we love yeah. you, Steve. No, I mean, if you go on stage and you try to tell a story and you say, now we're going to play something that's going to make you think that you're flying through space, you know, as the earth is being formed. Yeah. I mean, that that is accurate, though. I mean, as soon as you put that thought into someone's head, they're going to picture it for a second. They are, Even but- if they immediately follow that thought with, well, that's presumptuous and arrogant. and Yeah. So we've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's a way to do that without it being so presumptuous and arrogant. Is uh, I tend to think of it as we get to be the soundtrack for other people's movies. Sure. And so you can basically set the scene for them, mm-hmm. but then don't tell them how they're going to respond to it. Mm, yeah. Don't do that. Because <laughs> even if you're responding that way, they're not. That's just a horrible thing to say. Like, this is how it's going to make you feel, or this is how it's yes. going to make you think, or this is going to make you want to buy my CD. Yeah. yeah. Let's try this for a minute. All you, right. Because we haven't turned effects on on mine yet. We're going to do it with you. Okay. So you're going to play. Okay. So. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. Imagine. The year is... 2530. 25.30. Um, and oh, you're okay. in your private spacecraft on a voyage between Jupiter and Mars. They've both been colonized. Suddenly, the water light comes on in your dashboard. You laugh because it's done this forever and you're used to it. But this time, through your six-inch polycarbonate window, you see something go. Psst. All right, that's enough. we could go on. This is actually kind of fun. We got to do this. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, so pretty soon you can tell a bit of a story. What people saw in their heads, unless they were just going, "These guys are too weird." Was it was different for every person. If you have the appropriate costume, then it's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> Which we do. Yeah. Speaking of costumes, I played in a uh, T-Rex costume yesterday. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a that's a torturous instrument for someone with little T-Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the I would not recommend it actually. You and you have to see and you get get inside these silly costumes and they fog up immediately. <laughs> What little bit you can see, but but it was great making the kids scream. Nice. <laughs> yeah, scaring my grandchildren. All right, so let's move on. Okay. So Aaron, play a little bit. I'm going to add one other thing. Okay. This one's going to be a pitch shift. And so see if you notice a slight change in the tonal texture. Here goes. Ooh. Yeah, when I play low, I feel like there's a cello that's just kind of whispering in my ear a little bit. (laughs) 
Notice it's almost as if you hear a voice, too. It's almost like something like boom, boom, boom. Pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So that's a pitch shifter, and I've got it set to delay just a bit itself so that it comes in and swells. Mm-hmm. You'll notice. Strike your lowest note and then mute it. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. So now the order that things take place as far as the order that you stack the effects matters. Mm-hmm. And so we could move these around, but not, right now I've got the pitch shifter coming late in the stack. The delay is first. We have the weird filtered reverb second. Mm-hmm. We have the pitch shifter third. Now we're going to mush it all together to make it get more ethereal by putting another reverb on there with another movement inside the reverb. Okay. So play. Just a little more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you do something like that in a minute? And we'll use that as part of our thing when we when we actually record what we're going to do. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, any anything you want to add at this point? Um, no. I can tell you what I'm thinking. I don't know if it's a good idea to throw this out there, but uh, after your story and playing a little bit, uh, just going or. Uh, for some reason, it makes me think of uh, the flight of the Concords, uh, uh, Bowies in space. Yes. Were there two David Bowies? <laughs> uh huh. Yes, Jermaine. <laughs> Check it out if you're into that kind of thing. Flight of the Concords, they are just hilarious. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to turn all those same things on the hammer dulcimer. So I won't go you... back over and explain them all again, but now. Basically, I'm turning on the exact same effects chain that Barrett, Barrett, <laughs> that Aaron has on the hammer dulcimer. I'm picking up some really soft hammers. And uh, while you have those effects running yes. uh, in the computer, do you also, are you sending all of those, uh, those effects to yes. the pedal as well? Yes. So okay. my hammer dulcimer is going in already just a little twisted. Cool. Yeah. Let's hear it. Listen to this. I'm just going to play one note. Here's a low E. Need I say more? (laughs) Isn't that cool? Yeah. All right, so... Like I said, I really think we can just start with a bang and just let the delay do the rest. Yeah, kind of. You actually might be able to. Yeah. So here goes. I want to hit an E and an octave above it now. Now I'll put the highest E I have on top of that. (laughs) 
So I'm probably... I want to hit... Can we do that again? Can I just hit it at the same time as you? So I'll do it. I'll do the low one, then the high one. When you bend, it, it actually sounded like it was getting louder. And isn't that weird? Yeah, it's so cool. Like, mine doesn't sound like that. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> some of that could be... We, we tried a couple of effects, and uh-huh. some of the effects are threshold-based. Oh, okay. That's so, in other words, once it gets to a certain volume... It does a different it, thing. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> some won't even kick in until they hit a certain threshold. I see. Yeah. We could, isn't this fun? Yeah. Do, so cool. We might have just recorded 
what we need to send. Oh, really? I don't know. But we talked in it, so. Oh, oops. <laughs> we probably should. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, we're going to be done. And then Aaron goes, ooh, that was cool. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, I thought there was going to be some amount of planning. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, okay. This is ethereal. But wouldn't it be interesting if during this creation thing, a voice goes, that was cool. Because <laughs> mountains, that's cool. Mountains are cool. Stars, stars are cool. I think a nice big oops would be more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm opening up a timer. I'm going to open up a timer on you. Uh, we're going for three to four minutes. Okay. We're going to record this thing now. And, uh, you know, there's always the chance we send it to the producer and he says it sounds too, what are, what are the kinds of things he might say? Uh, not rhythmic enough. Okay. But he never mentioned that he needs, so when you're playing something for dancers, sometimes they need timing cues. Right. Like certain cues, but this might not be that kind of thing. They may. There's probably going to be swirly cloth, I think, and people spinning around and that kind of thing. Yeah. And <clears throat> since we'll be performing this live, we can wrap it up when they are done and and leave the stage, basically. But they need to choreograph the dance as well. Well, but if they do a an ethereal dance also that's three to four minutes long and they choreograph it, we can change what we're doing to fit them because we'll get a rehearsal. Okay. So, in other words, like, we're going to use the same kind of texture, but we're probably going to improvise. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and to be honest with you, I think it's... Uh, if something's ethereal, mm-hmm. I'd rather watch them, yeah, and respond to what they're doing, yeah. Because you can get—I mean, I've been in those situations where you're trying to do something like this, and you get too hung up on trying to hit the, this certain thing at that certain point, and you aren't really mm-hmm. interacting with them. I've never played for dancers. Oh, it's cool. I mean, I've played for contra dances. <clears throat> That's not it's the same. Different, thing. yeah. No, uh, actually, when when Seifert was in town uh, recording video for Dulcimer School, he uh, he met up with a buddy of his who was uh, they were doing music like ambient music for modern dancers. Oh, and Steve doing an impression of a modern dancer is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen uh, in my life. Yeah, it's got to be <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, did he go to Barking Legs and do it to the Barking Legs Theater? I don't know. Did? Yeah, there's a cool place. Have you been to Barking Legs yet? Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Did you go see Gnome Pacelli there? No, I, I didn't. That one? Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Anyway, Chattanooga's got some cool places. All right, let's let's be ethereal. Alrighty. Okay, I'm just gonna start this thing. Let's hey, my see. dulcimer's got a sun, moon, and stars on it. You're right there. <laughs> All right, so I don't think I have to worry about my phone rattling on here. <laughs> I'm just gonna set it right on the dulcimer. And ready? Uh, I should set it so you can see it. Oh, I could see it. Oh, you could see it. it okay. Was. Yeah. okay, good, good. Are we going to talk about how we're going to nah. loosely get out of it? We'll just fade. Okay. Yeah. All right. Somebody will do something. It'll work. 
All right. The clock is rolling. I'm going to start with just a big wom. Okay. And I'm going to come in with some vibrato, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be melodic, though. Uh, when we were like setting That's these things up, one of up, my biggest fears. <laughs> <laughs> you did some cool melodic stuff earlier, and okay. I was wondering if you ever want to get into it. That when I sort of got into a straight rhythm for anybody mm-hmm. who cares, I was believe it or not just playing a paradiddle from E to E, and it just sort of kept. There was a little bit of rhythmic timing to it. Okay, were you feeling it? Did you? Um. I thought I was, and then when I started to play, I think it was rubbing against what you were doing a little bit. It's it's really hard uh, to just jump into a theme when you don't hear the fundamental note <laughs> so well. Explain what you're talking about. So whenever Dan... Here, I'll hit it. Yeah, whenever you strike a note, that, that string right now, that's a note, but there's so much other stuff going on around it that... I hear more of that. All the all these other harmonic things happening and and echoes that it's hard to actually make out uh, when you do something rhythmic where the actual attack is and what sure yeah what you're settling into. Did you hear something just happen just now where it got louder for a second? No, I didn't. Uh, there was a thing that just happened. I don't know if the listeners could hear it. But all of a sudden, it got to a certain threshold, and something kicked in in the back. It pulled the level up. Oh, that's again. cool. All kinds of neat stuff like that. All right. Here we go. Starting the timer. Three, two, one.
All right, we're going with that. Three minutes and 47 seconds okay. of etherealness. That was ethereal. <laughs> How do you feel after that? Uh, you know, you don't know if it's any good or not, or if it's even yeah. interesting. I felt tense that whole time. Did you really? Let yeah, me, it was why? good. It was great. Well, I was yeah. listening to you, and you were listening to me. Yeah. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a kind of a conversation in weirdness. Yeah. By the way, your timer's still running. Yeah, it didn't matter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, just wanted to know how, how much we did there. But okay. it went by fast, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I was really surprised. All of a sudden, we're kind of still doing the intro, and I'm like, oh, we're a minute into it already. It should probably turn into something. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so the theme that I really like, this is a good, uh, for me, uh, a good questioning texture, anyway, since, uh, since what, didn't he use that? Uh, in the email, or am I just making that up? It's okay if you are. You, can, you, you, know, you get to interpret this. Or maybe you said that at some point, but I love the sound of if you're in E minor, going from a C chord to an A major oh, or yeah. an A7. All three of those chords have an E note in them. And so I think that that's a it's good to know, even when you're doing uh, like fiddle tunes or waltzes or just anything in E minor, where that uh, uh, where the melody resolves to an E note, you have three different harmonic options with C major and A to kind of take you outside the box, and you don't have to stick with just one on the resolve. Oh, that's you can, neat. Yeah. So how do you know that? How do I know that? Yeah. Where did you get that knowledge? Um, you born with it? Or are you special? Uh, Is that your evolving <laughs> consciousness? That's what he mentioned, was evolving consciousness. I, I'm trying to figure out if I can tie this into... Uh, well, I, I, uh, no, I can't, I can't say anything that I'm thinking right now. <laughs> this is the tough thing about a podcast where people are actually listening. <laughs> uh, filters are good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we should probably pretend like we're on a podcast all the time. <laughs> how, come, how come Steve doesn't need one, I've told you, uh, he's a cre- Steve's a creative genius, and he probably yeah. he he also doesn't have enough attention span to have gotten this far into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Steve is uh, he's a unique combination of talents, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, and he's put so, the time in to be able to. Yeah, you can get away with stuff. <laughs> I think. When you put the time in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's had enough grand slams that he can strike out every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, the the question, how do you know that? Yeah. Um, there's I was, a... I was, just, I was actually just trying to steer you towards a path to where people could... Because I mean, what you said makes sense to me, mm-hmm. and but it does it wouldn't have come to me based on where I am musically right now to do exactly what you did when you explain I'm like makes perfect sense but I wasn't thinking that way and you were at the time uh-huh so how did you come to that um I think I came about it in three different ways um the first when I started thinking in those terms uh on mountain dulcimer we have we have these frets and a lot of times uh, a lot of people tend to arrange 
um, with the melody on the melody string most of the time. And there's these certain chord shapes uh, that are movable. Like I believe a lot of people refer to them as the L chord shape. Um, so like a G chord is uh, three three five. Um, a slant shape three four five, or an extended slant two three five. All three of those chords used the fifth fret on the melody string. And that just happens to be a B note. I could do the same thing at E, uh, up the fretboard at the eighth fret, and go, okay, uh, L-shaped chord is a C, extended slant is an E minor, uh, or a regular slant is an A major. And just from playing dulcimer and learning enough arrangements, you see those chord shapes that you start to associate with certain frets when you're playing the melody. So when the melody lands on the eighth fret, I know what my uh, what my chordal options are. Is this making sense so far? Not the answer I was looking for. I was thinking like maybe your great uncle Lonzo came to you in a dream or something. <laughs> I, I don't have a. If I have a great uncle Alonzo, that's a that's a shocker to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, where in the Irish background <laughs> did, did that happen? Uh, Chicago, probably. Yeah. 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 All right. So that was one way of going about it, and I dreamed it. And you dreamed yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. the ethereal nature of this podcast. <laughs> it's like, I love it when you can ask a question and just be like, I was really hoping your answer was going to be uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this thus ends our special podcast. All righty. And I think we're doing another one again next week with Seifert. Yeah. Uh, hey. Say Tuesday? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Which doesn't mean it'll be released Tuesday. But uh, let's, uh, for people who've made it this far, we had a wonderful time at the Black Mountain Music Festival. Awesome. Awesome festival. Got to play with... Uh, Sissy uh, Dinkle. Dinkle, yeah. Sissy Dinkle, and uh, that was really cool. What a great bass player. Yeah. She was on everybody's set, which was hilarious. Yeah. And I asked her if I'm working on a CD project, if she would join me for some stuff, and we'll yeah. get to refine it. But quick study. She's a quick study. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, I loved at, at that festival seeing uh, people sit in with people who they wouldn't, you, you wouldn't normally expect them to collaborate. I know. Yeah. Um, or you don't see it very often, and I kind of made it a point to do that on my set. Yeah. And so, uh, um, one of my favorite things uh, that I performed was a, uh, um, a cover of uh, Fats Domino's yes. uh, "I'm Walking" with Sissy singing and Rick Thumb playing harmonica. Right. Fats had died that day. Yeah, yeah, he had died. And um, at the age of 89, and so it just seemed like the appropriate thing to do. But it was this campfire version of I'm Walking, and it was so much fun. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the reasons that if you examine the music that happens then, like Mm -hmm. not knowing what's going on and watching it, it might not be quite as good as you think it is in the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But... You're watching each other. It's satisfying for the audience. It feels good. It feels yeah. good, and it's part of what making music is all about: is mm-hmm. having those com- conversations. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. the like, uh, I mean, like I've experienced in the improvisation class um, uh, many times. It's the things that, at least, 
this is what I see in other people. And I think I see this in myself. This isn't a blanket statement though, obviously, but I think a lot of times the things that uh, many of us are most nervous about are the things that we're also the most happy with having done. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're getting on stage and you're working with people who you don't usually play with or, and it's a, it's an arrangement that you haven't really had the time to really drill so that it's just, you're on autopilot. uh, It feels really good when it doesn't crash and burn. Yes. There's that too. Yeah. Well, and, the way the mechanics of the whole thing work, but we often don't know what we're going to play until it comes down to it. Fats Domino didn't die until that day, so I know that one. Uh, no, I, was it the day he before, had died maybe? Be the, yeah, the day before. Well, that's not like a lot of notice. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> bit. It doesn't change the value of the story much. I had been. Pl- I wanted to do a number where somebody else sang, and I had talked to Bing early in the week. I've kind of had... Uh, Tom Petty's Won't Back Down running through my head. Mm-hmm. And Bing's got a great voice for stuff like that. And we talked about doing it, never practiced it. And then I met Sissy, and she hadn't been singing with anybody. Right. And she said, well, I sing. And then out of that came, then let's do Come Sail Away by Sticks. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we discovered that she sang at the same time. Uh, it was at lunch or dinner when she said, because we were joking about me singing What a Wonderful World. And then it came up that she was originally, I think, a vocal performance or, right. or something yeah, like her major. that. And then we were like, whoa, that, that changes some stuff. That's right. We kind of <laughs> yeah. changed then. Yeah. So Sissy and I didn't work out. This will sound really cool, ethereal. Maybe. Maybe it'll sound horrible. Let's see. Uh... <laughs> you can't even hear it. <laughs> too many pitches in there. That was supposed to be the opening to Come Sail Away, but it sounded like... <laughs> Something else, yeah. But anyway, it was fun. We figured that out at three after I finished my last class on Thursday yeah. and played. So anyway, yeah. good. That's good times. Yeah. Funny thing about rehearsing at that festival was, unfortunately, I missed the beginning of it. I caught the tail end of that performance, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And like, oh, you could you. walk in the room and feel the energy. It was like, cool. It, yeah, it was really yeah. cool. I had been. I was rehearsing in the men's bathroom with uh, uh, Ken and Rick. Uh, for for my set and for Rick's set, because the bathroom was just the best place to do it. And apparently, Bing and Sissy had a uh, had a jam in the. In the in, ba- I in, saw a photo, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff. Hey, our next festival is the oh White, White Springs. Springs. Yeah. What's the date? I don't know. Uh, Veterans Day weekend, I believe. The is that the eleventh of November? November. It's yeah. About a, yeah. Yeah. This is the end of October, isn't it? We're in November now. This is November first. Oh 1st. my goodness! Yeah, that's coming up soon. Yeah. Yay! Some of you come if you can. You're down in Florida. Mm-hmm. They could probably just do a Google search for that, the White Springs Dulcimer Festival, and you'll find information. Yeah. yeah, I think if you go to David Beatty's website, he has it on there. Or the, it's at the Stephen Foster Folk Culture Center State Park. If you can remember, that's all a long of that. name, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody for listening, and thanks for being listeners. Uh, we were shocked. We hadn't looked at the numbers of listeners in a long time and saw that in the past year that number has doubled. So all four of you now are listening. <laughs> no. No. It's at around 3,500 people. Woohoo! I didn't know there were 3,500 people who knew what a dulcimer is. That's, that's that, not really true. 
that's why the filter thing has become very important. It's becoming more and yeah. more important. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. thanks for saying hey to us, and uh, and somebody even made Dulcimer Geek. Yes, Larry. Larry. Larry yeah. Gave us Dulcimer Geek T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you guys next.